Do you constantly battle feeling like you're not enough? Maybe it feels like this heavy weight is tied around your neck. You're stuck comparing yourself to others, alternating between jealousy and resentment. Did you know that changing your thought life, renewing your mind as we're called to do in Romans, can free you from living like this and set you on a path of joy-filled living? Don't know where to start? That's where I come in. Book a one-on-one mindset renewal session with me. Just send me an email at carlaargeswellness at gmail.com to get more info. In these sessions, we break down beliefs that are holding you back and set you on a course of living a less overwhelmed, more joyful, and purposeful life. You'll leave with the tools you need to rewrite the script in your head and take control over your life. Again, email me at carlaargeswellness at gmail.com and I will send you all the information. I can't wait to hear from you. Hey friends, welcome to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, friends, and welcome to your second last bonus episode of season four, end of this year. And I am back with Terry for another session of Marriage Talks. Hey, Terry. Hello. How are you? Well, the ladies like to hear from you. (laughs) Well, hopefully I can contribute something of value. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you that Terry is really stretching himself out of his comfort zone today. Um, And I really appreciate that you are a much more private person and we are going to get vulnerable and open as we talk about intimacy in marriage. Are you ready for it? Ready as I will ever be. Should we just rip the bandage? Sure. So guys, if you are in a marriage where your intimacy and your sex life is thriving, that is amazing. And this episode may not be for you, but we're going to talk about when we have challenges in intimacy um, and how you get over that and how you build an intimacy that works for your relationship, because it's very individual, isn't it? Uh, Certainly is. Yeah. I think uh, everyone's uh, intimacy looks different depending on the couple and their expectations. So yes, it is. It's very much individual to the, to the, to the married couple. But I would say that that is something that I've just truly wrapped my head around maybe in the last 10 years. I know that I came into our marriage with a certain expectation of what intimacy looks like in a marriage based on my unhealthy view of sex, based on, you know, what you see portrayed in the media And I thought healthy intimacy in a marriage was basically having sex every night. 
That yep. is, that was not your perspective coming into the marriage. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I had no experience with that coming into what that should look like. So I, I didn't know what the expectation should or would, would be for a healthy marriage in that area. Yeah. And you were a bit like, well, I wasn't going to share, but you just said you came with no experience. And so with that is a certain level of nerves and unsurety and, you know, it's all brand new. It is. It certainly <laughs> is. Guys, he is so uncomfortable right now, but he is doing it and I love you for it. Um, So we had a very big disconnect and I would say that because of my own unhealthy views of sex, like I I had this view from my teenage years that, you know, sex is love. And if the man doesn't constantly want me or constantly want to have sex with me, therefore it's not real love, he's not attracted to me. And so I spent a good part of our marriage feeling rejected by Terry and not because he was rejecting me. Right. Right. Yep. Um, but I really internalized that. And I remember coming to you so many times, like, you don't want me, you don't love me. Like that must've been hard for you to hear. It, it was absolutely. I mean, um, that's not a position that you want to feel like you're putting your wife in or that your wife has those thoughts. So it was, uh, difficult and, uh, certainly made me feel, um, less than that. I was, um, not providing in the way that I should. So it was, uh, it definitely felt, um, a, a large degree of, um, self criticism in that area. And all it did was push you away. It wasn't solving the issue. Now, we did early on in our marriage take the love language test, which helped a little. It helped identify partly why we weren't on the same page. One is that my primary love language is physical touch, which at the time I incorrectly assumed was sex. And I've learned a lot more about physical touch. But your primary love language is words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because how you receive love is often how you show love. Yes. And so Terry has never been shy with telling me that I'm beautiful and telling me that he loves me. And he would get frustrated because he's telling me he loves me. He's telling me I'm beautiful. Um, yet I'm looking for a sexual expression of that. Yeah. And even beyond that, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I assume that the way that someone, um, feels love is the way that's my own love language. So that's the, that was natural for me and it wasn't as natural at all to, uh, for physical touch, even just whether it's cuddling or holding hands, physical touch. So it, it's, it took a lot for me to really understand and how to express that in a way that actually made you feel loved rather than uh, expressing it in the way that I thought you um, wouldn't receive it. Yes. Terry is definitely not about the PDA. 
quite more reserved in that way. But it actually, th this misrepresentation in my head of intimacy, um, coupled with Terry's, I'm going to call it a fear, if that's okay, fear of intimacy. Is that a fair expression? Yep. So my unrealistic expectations, which weren't even driven by my desire, it was driven by some outside idea of what healthy marriage looked like. So my unrealistic ex expectation coupled with his fear in that very area led to a long time of dissatisfaction in our intimacy and sex life. Yes, right <laughs> on all counts. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, what I had to come to realize and what really helped me with this is we took a course through our church called, what was it called? Sexuality 101? Uh, oh, no, I'm forgetting it. <laughs> okay, I'll, uh, I'll remember the right name and put it in the show notes. I think it was, it's no. done by Pure Desires. Yes. Why am I forgetting? Oh, it'll come to me. Yeah. It, it's something about like sexuality 101 or healthy sexuality 101. And it really dove into different blocks that we had. It talked about sexual addictions. It talked about how the brain can be wired differently for sex. It talked about different ways of intimacy. And I began to realize that Terry's fear of intimacy actually had nothing to do with me. Like all these years, I was internalizing it and making myself feel bad about it when really it had nothing to do with me. And that was something that was so freeing for me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. how. What did you get out of that course? Well, I mean, it, it, it starts from even looking at your your history and your past and your so i think it starts from even beyond when we f you first meet as a couple mm -hmm. um because your history can sometimes dictate and influence your your present and your future and how you act so i think it, it looks very deeply at in the brain, you know, your past uh, history, your Yeah, like your, your family, your family of origin, origin. was yeah. sex a shameful topic? Was sex something that you were meant to feel embarrassed and shame about, right? Um, and I think that there's some evidence of that in your past, which kind of leads to some of your barriers. Yeah, um, it, it yeah it certainly has an influence so i mean it was revealing to think about it in that way um and and to do it in a way where um the way that the course was constructed you you review some content and material and then you break out separately as men and women and then you you connect and discuss together so um it was actually you know refreshing in some ways to hear how other other men at least from the men that were gathered together were um experiencing uh things themselves and things that we we were journeying through together so um it was quite helpful 
um, yeah. to go through it that way. Because contrary to popular belief or what um, social media shows or what Hollywood shows, um, intimacy does not necessarily come naturally. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like breastfeeding. I know that the, you might not get this. I won't be able to identify with that one. But uh... they say breastfeeding is natural. And it is in the sense that we were designed for it. But breastfeeding itself doesn't come naturally. The mother has to learn. The baby has to learn. There's frustrations. You don't always get in groove with the baby. The same thing is true when you come together in marriage with intimacy. Intimacy and sex is natural. It's how God designed us. But it doesn't necessarily come naturally. Mm-hmm. You have to have conversations about it. You have to be vulnerable about it. You have to meet each other where you're at. And you really have to check your expectations. Just because Susie and Jimmy have sex five times a week does not mean your relationship is less if you're only doing it once a week or once every two weeks, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Like there's this comparison or this competitiveness that sometimes happens, I think, in couples that we degrade our relationship if we feel like it's not keeping up in some areas, someone else's relationship. Yeah, degrade or grade. We grade ourselves based on the, you know, the what we hear from from others. Um, so, yeah, which ultimately usually leads you to feel and, you know, you don't know if. People are exaggerating or being truthful, but it leads you mostly to feel less than um, and bad about yourself. So I think you have to be very careful about um, the comparison trap and how much you let that influence, you know, your own journey as a couple. Yeah. And one of the things, too, that I came to realize as I was redefining what intimacy was going to look like in our marriage is I started to look at our marriage as a whole. Like before I had a spotlight on the area of sex and intimacy as a compartmentalization. (laughs) How do you say that word? Compartmentalization. Yeah, rather than looking at the relationship Mm -hmm. as a whole. And I was allowing that one area to sour the whole where the whole is fantastic. Ladies, I have never met a more supportive man, a man that sticks through me through my mental illness, a man that supports my crazy dreams and my desire to travel. Um, Just a man that, you know, is my partner. He, He does the dishes. He does cleaning. Like, we are a partnership. Haven't always been, but we are now. And so to look at the relationship as a whole and see as a whole where there's love and on a whole where there's compatibility and on the whole where there is love was really eye-opening for me. Yeah, and and um, I certainly feel the same way. I mean, um, I am so wonderfully blessed to get to journey through life with you as my wife and all that, uh, how supportive and thoughtful and amazing you are. And sometimes you, you, when you, you talked about shedding or the spotlight spotlighting on that one particular area, um, it makes you feel like, you know, the rest of 
it diminishes the rest of the mm-hmm. the whole relationship um, when when we do that, whether it's ourselves and we feel bad about ourselves and we feel like, man, I'm just you know I'm letting my partner down in this area or um, you know you're, you're just not viewing the whole totality of the relationship, but I think it's important to look at it through the entire lens um, and and figure out what works for you as a as a couple, which may not be the same as anyone else and we're yeah. unique. We're uniquely designed by God as a couple. We've been together, and I think our relationship and our journeys for each of you, anyone would look different and should look different. Yeah. Um, so we have to and what that. I really realized for myself is what I needed was emotional and mental intimacy more than I actually needed sex like when I really figured out my needs and was able to communicate them to you Mm -hmm. like we have now after a lot many years of misunderstanding many years of hurt many years of being on the on different pages we have what I would say now is such incredible intimacy and yet we're not we don't have a huge hugely active sexual life but it works for us and we have incredible intimacy like you pour into my love language a physical touch in so many beautiful ways like I feel loved well that's important that's the and that's what we want for each other um and that, and that was my blind spot for a long time was just continuing to almost double down on expressing love the way that I felt love and not understanding why you weren't feeling it. Um, so it's almost, it felt, I felt very hard headed that way that I wasn't learning my, my lesson. Um, so, you know, for, for, for guys, I think that's important for us to really take the time and effort to truly understand how our wives um, need to be loved and how they feel that. Um, so, um, it's important for us to do that. And after the long time of me not getting the message, hopefully I'm starting Mm -hmm. to get the message now. And I want to say like a relationship doesn't have to have sex every day for it to be meaningful and loved and intimate. And I think sometimes as women, we tie the, our value to sex. We tie our worthiness or attractiveness to sex. And that will leave us dissatisfied because then we're going to constantly need that as affirmation. And depending your season of life, young kids, busyness at work, all of that, it is not sustainable to have high functioning, high activity constantly. And so if that's where you place the emphasis of your relationship, and if that's the place where you derive love, you're going to find yourself disappointed and hurt. Mm -hmm. So really learning that love, sex is just one of many expressions of love. What are some other ones? Yeah, I mean, there's acts of service. How do you serve your partner? Um, how um, physical touch um, outside of you know the intimacies? I think another one, example of that. So um, quality time. Quality time. And, yeah. Um, you know, 
words giving, of affirmation are still giving, important yeah giving thoughtful gifts um mm-hmm. you know stealing a kiss you know hug cuddling in bed like love has so many expressions don't deceive yourself in only viewing one way for it to speak and show up in your life and it's okay if you and your partner are happy and satisfied with not a hugely active sexual life there's nothing wrong with you right we have this idea that more sex means better relationship that is not true I have seen plenty of relationships where there is a lot of sex and the relationship is falling apart. Mm -hmm. And the only thing keeping them together is the sex, Mm -hmm. which is not sustainable and it's not a good foundation. Yeah. Right. Like you got to have a strong foundation, but sex is not the basis of that foundation. It's just one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's well said. Yeah. And like, There's lots of ways to feel close to someone. Like I said, cuddling, staring at each other's eyes, like writing each other love notes, you know, going for walks. Mm -hmm. When I could walk, still recovering (laughs) from my knee surgery, I would drag Terry out for walks and we would have great conversations. We talk about the future. We talk about our dreams and it Mm -hmm. was just such a great time to get to know each other even after all these years. Yeah. I think, I think that's uh, an underrated source of um, intimacy is just being out active in nature together. Um, I think you just start to really reconnect um, because the pace of life and the busyness of life often can mean, and for those of you that have more kids, you know that, you know, you're so busy with activities that you feel like ships passing in the night. So you need those types of occasions, whether, whatever it might be, it could be a walk, it could be a date night, it could be uh, anything, but um, just dedicated together time um, is crucial to making sure that you stay connected as a, as a married couple. Now, as a husband, as a male, what would you say to the female listener who is in a marriage who feels like her husband is rejecting her because they're not as sexually active as she thinks that they should be and she has hurt or frustration about that? Like, how would you advise her from the male perspective? So I I think... probably the best thing to do or to think about is just open the lines of communication and just ask if there's what's happening. Like, is there underlying stress? I think in many cases, um, a lot of men feel, and they won't, they don't tend to express this because I never did. You know this, I didn't tend to express this. I internalize it a lot. The stress of, life, job, being a earning income, providing, being a father and a husband and doing all these things. A lot of men are overwhelmed and overstressed and not sharing that and not being open up, open and upfront about it. So I think in some ways, a lot of what that could be is just stress 
and underlying stress anxiety. Um, and obviously men have to do a better job of being open and transparent about that. But I think that tends to be one of the cases where um, it may have literally nothing to do with the wife. It's literally that they're overtired, exhausted, and stressed about all the things that um, go into living life and we're not necessarily equipped to deal with it very well. So I'd say if you can, you know, even just be upfront about, Hey, are are you, are you okay? Are you, you know, what's happening in your life? Are you, are are things, are you stressed about certain things? Are you feeling overwhelmed? That would probably help to, to get the husband to open up a little bit more and be transparent about it. And the other thing too, we have this idea that men are hypersexual, right? Like in society, we tend to say men are hypersexual. All they think about is sex. All they want is sex. Mm-hmm. And so then we expect the guy to always be ready for sex. Not every man's sex drive is the same. Like I think we've characterized that all men have high sex drives. That's not necessarily true. Just like not necessarily all women have low sex drives. Like it's okay to be a man with a low sex drive. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you are concerned, you can always talk to your doctor. He can get his testosterone checked out. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's having mental health issues, like Terry said, that can impact it. And have open and honest discussion too. Like, is he struggling with sexual addiction in his life? And maybe there's a shame that he can't then come and be intimate with you. But nine times out of 10, and probably even higher, his lack of sexual advancement has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It's not you. It's a struggle that he has on his own. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I mean, I go back to that where men have a lot of uh, work to do to be upfront, transparent uh, about those challenges that they face. But a lot of them, feel ashamed by it. And um, so we don't necessarily handle it well. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say I would agree that that it, it's likely not, not what, what is it the Seinfeld episode? It's not you, it's me. Yeah, that, that tends to be true in this case, uh, I'd say in many cases. Yeah. And so ladies, really check your expectations. If you're looking at sex to be the measure of how good your marriage are is, I want you to encourage you to look at the relationship as a whole. How do you talk? How do you have conflict? How do you work as partners? Are you on the same team how do you parent like marriage is so much more than just sex so maybe you need to redefine what a healthy marriage looks like if you're weighting it too heavily on sex maybe you have to actually ask yourself what do you need what does intimacy mean to you Mm -hmm. because maybe Mm -hmm. you think it means sex and if you are explore that with yourself maybe it means something else Maybe it means deep conversation. Maybe it means cuddling. Maybe it means kissing more. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So you made it through this conversation. Oh, are we are we almost done? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well. Wow. <laughs> well, hopefully this was. We helpful. kept something secret. <laughs> but 
we made you made it through. I appreciate you having this conversation. Uh, thanks for having me guest again. I yes. always enjoy coming on. Yes. <laughs> so guys, for most topics. if you follow me on Instagram, and if you don't follow me on Instagram, please do, Carla Arges. Um, let us know what type of marriage talks you want us to have for season five. Season five kicks off in January, and Terry comes on every season for marriage talks. We've talked about communication. We've talked about conflict. Now we've talked a little bit about intimacy and sex. What other aspects of marriage or parenting or partnership would you like us to talk about? So come tell me on Instagram at Carla Arges. All right, guys. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. You'll be getting one more bonus episode from me next week as we wrap up this year and talk about what we don't want to bring with us in 2023. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, friends.